Hey guys, you're here with Dr. Molly and Todd Rowland, and we're bringing you the podcast, the business side of the pet industries. Today, we're going to talk about how to start your own business or why to start your own business. Yeah, we know that a lot of groomers, we see they go into the whole, I want to start a business or I'm going to start a business. And it's usually one of two reasons. So the first reason is they've always had that passion, that goal, that dream, or even maybe that's become a recent reality and something that you strive for and you want to do. You're a groomer, you want to have your own business, your own name, your own clients, and it is just something you love and a passion that you want to pursue. And the other reason is people are in a toxic work environment, and maybe it's not toxic. Maybe it's just they can never get the schedule they want. Uh, maybe the owner slash manager never uh, pays attention to their weight limits or over scheduling work-life balance. So basically, we have the you've always kind of wanted to be an entrepreneur, or you're just really sick of where you're working at, and you feel like the only avenue is to start your own business. Yes. Um, either you can't, the prices aren't where you need them to be. You can't make a living wage. Um, there's just all kind of factors that go into this, but those are the two main reasons that we've seen that groomers go into starting a business. So the first thing is let's start um, kind of talking about the conversation of you're starting, you're thinking about starting your own business because you're not happy with where you're at for whatever reason. And again, it's maybe not that you don't like the culture, you don't like the owners, but maybe you just can't get that schedule you want, or you're not getting the type of dogs you want to groom, or, you know, it's not your happy place anymore. Maybe the pricing's not where you want it to be to make that wage you need to make, but you can't do anything about the pricing. Yeah. So if if that's your reason and you don't really have the entrepreneurial drive, um, I would really suggest finding a place that would be good for your work-life balance, finding a place that creates a culture that fits your needs. Those, those places are out there. I mean, they may not just be at every place you apply, but again, if you kind of network in your community, you'll hear people talk about how much they love where they're working at or they don't love working where they're at. So those are some things to consider. Opening your own business is not easy. Uh, I would not advise just to jump out there and do it just because you're unhappy with where you're at without trying to work for someone else that may fit your needs better because um, the, the stress of opening your own business can be crippling. Exactly. And especially with, the, there's a high percentage of, this isn't to discourage anybody, but again, this, this is more geared towards the people that you don't necessarily want to own your own business. You're just doing it because you don't feel like you have another option, but over 50% of small businesses will fail during the first year and over 75% will fail during the first five years. So that is something to keep in mind. And kind of how to avoid some of that and everything or make sure that you're doing the prep work and the planning. But, you know, just if that's not a position you ever even want to be in and you're only doing it because you feel like you're out of options, make sure to go through and see what you can do, see what changes you can make. There's all kinds, there's, um, you know, there's different businesses out there, different ways to work. There's private salons, there's corporate salons, there's mobile, and those are both franchise, perf uh, private owned, corporate owned, so see what's in your option. And the same is like, we'll tell a mobile groomer sometimes, like maybe you're driving out to a service area you want to do. This is the same for your job. You know, even if maybe within your 10, 15, 20 minute local, there's not a lot of options. Look outside of that. Maybe you're on the outskirts of a larger city and you, yes, you may have a little more commute time to go into those larger cities, but maybe you do find a salon with higher pricing and better availability. And be upfront with the person you're interviewing at. Tell them this is 
this is why I'm looking for another salon. Are you going to be able to meet these needs? Like put all that up front. Don't just, oh, this place looks nice. Oh, this is their prices. I can make a good living. But then you get there and you find out that you have 10 doodles to do every day and you don't want to do 10 doodles a day. So really, and we're seeing more of this now, even the people applying for the jobs are actually doing more interviewing than the people who are potentially hiring the jobs. You know, we've, we've really gotten to the space where work-life balance is very important. And we're seeing a lot of that when people come to us for a job, uh, they're asking us a lot of questions to make sure that we're a good fit for them. So just make sure you practice that. Cause if you don't have that entrepreneurial drive, um, I would definitely at least try one more place um, before you want to jump out there on your own. If that's not a passion of yours. And again, let's um, talk about that interview process a little more. When you're interviewing someone for a new job, like Todd said, it's as much your interview as it is the place that you're applying that interview. So make sure to ask the questions like, what do they require? You know, tell them your pay expectations and how much you expect to make or need, you know, need to make and give them the opportunity, you know, realistically do does you, will I fall into this category? Will I make this? Will I be able to have this time off? Will I be able to set, you know, and limit the amount of dogs I do or aggressive dogs? Or do I have the say so of whether I want to groom another dog um, or see that customer again? So those are all good questions. Just whatever it is that's making you unhappy with where you're at and is think making you think you have to go out on your own. Like Todd said, maybe if you're looking at another place or you're going to give it one more shot, make sure that you do prep and prepare for that interview. And that goes with the questions you're asking, you know, do they offer benefits? Can you take time off? Do they value uh, continuing education? What if you don't get along with someone? How do they have, you know, the team member conflict resolution set up? Yeah. Um, you're, you're very skilled labor. Uh, there's a shortage of groomers out there. So you need it when you go into the interview, have a little list, whether it's mentally in your phone on a piece of paper of your non-negotiables, you know, your, your non-negotiable, maybe I'm only working one Saturday a month and that's non-negotiable. Now there may be some things you're flexible on what hour, but before you ever start looking for that next employer, come up with the things that are non-negotiable for you and the things that are absolute must haves. That way you don't cave in. Yeah. And if you're not even sure where to start looking, or you think you've, uh, already tried all their places, start looking in those local groups, those city groups, go ahead and put post in there. There's all these groomers looking for groomers groups. And then just, even if it's not a local grooming group, just go ahead and put, you know, Hey, I'm a groomer. I'm this, this is what I'm looking for. And go ahead and put that out there. And you may be surprised of how many people are actually hiring and looking for great team members that, that are, they don't have either. Okay. And that pretty much wraps up this part of it, if you were thinking about going on your own, but it was just because of the work environment, you really didn't have that passion to be a business owner. So now we're going to get into the topic of you've always kind of wanted to be a business owner. It's been something on your mind for a year or two, and you're really putting that plan together. It's starting to roll around in your head, how to get that going. Yeah. And a little bit, even if this is a new thing, it's an area that you think you want to venture out into and start. Um, don't just jump into it. Actually take the time to see if it's something that you'd be interested in. Um, it's real easy to say, oh, well, I do all the grooming and I could have a hundred percent of the profit instead of the 30, 40, 50% or whatever, you know, amount you are making. But there's so much that goes in the 
owning a business that people don't think about before jumping into it. And that's, those are the main things that cause burnout, cause the business to fail, um, financial failure. You know, you don't set those boundaries and things with your clients. And a lot of that just comes from not prepping and not planning and not thoroughly thinking about and mapping out the plan that you need to actually be successful in starting at your own business. Yeah. And I know Molly, uh, it's just to jump into the hot topics, but the number one thing that pops up in my head when you're going out on your own is a lot of people jump out into this and don't even think about health insurance, just th those basic things. So make that part of the business plan you're putting together. Yeah. Like, um, do you get those benefits and what do you get from your current employer and will you, how will you get them? Um, look into the different options and what's available to you. Um, the last thing you want is to think, well, I don't need health insurance. I'm not a sick person. And then you know, heaven forbid you, you know, either get bit and your arm attacked or you get in a wreck and you're injured and you don't have those kind of coverages. And then all of a sudden you're at an eighty hundred thousand dollar injury, you know, in the hospital and can't work and don't have the savings and the insurance and the things like that. Um, but so let's say you've you're decided, you know, for the right reasons you want to start a grooming business, or even if you know you were unable, you're only doing it because you just can't find somewhere that you're happy with and that you're looking to, and you do love grooming, but you are getting burnt out where you're at. So the first things to do is, you know, the first thing you want to even think about is do a very inclusive business plan. And that has so many different layers to it. And you'll need a business plan. One, even if you have the money to finance this yourself, you're going to want to put that together. That's just making sure that you're dotting your um, T's and crossing your I's or vice versa, um, crossing your T's, dot your I's, and that you're having everything that you could think of for the most part already covered, how you're going to handle it, what expenses are associated with it. And then if you do need to borrow money, um, if you're a brand new business, most people are going to ask for this for a business plan. Um, and that's not something that has to be hard. It's just time consuming and specific. Um, and you can either get you, there's places that can help with that. There's free templates. The Small Business Association has free classes on that. So look into those kind of resources. Um, and then we're just going to kind of walk you through a little bit of what you should put in in your business plan. So at a minimum, you need to start with cost, like a build out whether now this is for mobile or salon. Yeah. And these cost things cannot be guesstimates. This is you're actually going to have to get estimates. Now, if you're if you're buying a van from one of the the major places, Wagon Tails, Hanvey or something like that, you can obviously go to their website and and see what those costs. And you can also figure out the majority of people have to put at least 20 percent down. So you'll kind of know what that cost is going to be. And so those those are some pretty easier costs. Now, if you're doing a build out, uh, whether you're buying a trailer to do a build out in or buying the van and doing the build out in, you're having Cousin Joe do it or something, you actually need to go to Lowe's or Home Depot, wherever you're buying this stuff from and who you're ordering your stuff from and get all of these prices down, put them on a paper or spreadsheet because you can't blindly go into this. Well, you have seen people run out of money during mid-build. Yeah, and that's so, are you going to do a home build, a garage build? Are you going to get one of those little portable sheds, are you going to lease a space? And, you know, most of the spaces that you lease, this is, you know, a commercial um, lease, you pay for that build out. So, I mean, what walls do you need put up? What plumbing, what electrical upgrades do you need? You know, those are a lot of things to consider. How, how powerful is your dryer? Can you run two dryers at the same time? What if your hot water heater kicks on? 
Um, so those are things to think about, again, whether it's a mobile build, whether it's a home build, whether you're building out a space you're leasing, you're going to have to check all of that stuff prior to opening because the last thing you want is to go ahead and book, you know, a full schedule of dogs in the first day. As soon as your air kicks on, your dryer fuse goes out or something like that. So those build out cost, it doesn't matter where you're building and what type um, of unit or mobile or salon you're building, you want to have all those costs. And like Todd said, you want the actual cost. You don't want to estimate this and you don't want to go based off of past expenses either. You know, if you've bought a dryer in the last four years, just for your personal use, you know, you need to go and see what that dryer is now. And same with blades and equipment and everything that you're putting on this. Yeah. And there's so many things if you're opening a salon, um, to, uh, you have to think about the number of trash cans you're going to have in there. Those are, I mean, all that comes down to, and you don't think, oh, well, I mean, that's $15 from wherever and I'll just go and grab and get it. But, you know, you're spending a ton of money and probably for the most part of it, you're not bringing any in during that time. We've seen people's build out supposed to last, you know, a two month build out turn into six months. And from the whole time they're paying rent on a building that they can't use. And so those are all the things that you need to take into you know, account when you're putting this business plan financial data together to to start this. Yeah. So you're going to put all of your expenses on there and you need to put, you know, the estimates of how long you think it's going to take. And I, and I push those out because contractors get behind supplies and equipment that you need gets back ordered or, you know, it's been available for the last three months, but then you go to order it and all of a sudden it's not available those kind of things. What deposits do you need? You need to actually get with the people that are going to build this stuff and see what their kind of ta realistic timelines are. Yeah. And, and another reason you want to keep track of all these expenses before you even start doing it is, and then track it as you're actually spending it to kind of see what you estimate it versus what it's costing. You also need to find out what it's taking to get that return on investment. You know, so many people buy this van or open the salon and they think they're making X but they haven't accounted for the return on that investment. You have to get that money back at some point. Yeah, exactly. You, So that's something to consider when you're building this plan. Um, part of that is going to be estimated timelines and projections on sales. So how long is it going to take you to get that money back? How long is it going to take you to build up your client list? How much are you going to be charging these customers? And you can't do that until you kind of have that expense list together. You can, you have obviously your startup expenses, and then you need to go ahead before you even open or as, and as you're putting this together, put down your estimated monthly reoccurring expenses. And all of this should be in that plan. Like at a minimum, what do you need to make to be able to keep that business open as you're building clients? You know, insurance, all that building insurance, or whether it be a mobile van insurance, all those things are things you can go ahead and start getting estimates on to build in your business plan before you ever even pick a place. I mean, yes, those are going to change in the van insurance, depending on if you buy new or used, but you can start getting some figures. And I would advise you not to go on Facebook and ask this question because so many people do that. And I mean, they're in California and someone in Tennessee answers. Those are going to be two totally different sets of numbers. So again, these are things that you need to do on your own. This should, this whole process could take anywhere between six and nine months. Now I know you'll meet people and know people who decided they wanted to go into business and a month later they went into it and that's great. But then what happens to them is six months down the road or at tax time, they haven't even figured out who, how to track their sales. Oh, do I owe sales tax? Do I owe this? They're not like meeting your attorneys and accountants. You need to have all that set up before you open your doors. 
Yeah. Every state has um, their own version of like revenue specialists, tax specialists, things that are attached to the government that can go over for our industry specific, what taxes need to come out, what kind of schedule you need to be on. Um, and those are things, again, you need to know ahead of time and plan for, because the last thing that you want is the government coming and putting a lock around your doors or taking your van because you didn't file or pay your taxes correctly. Um yeah, I mean, it goes down to simple if you're going to be mobile. Where are you dumping your dirty water? I mean, you need to find that information out from your local government. These are all things that you need to do ahead of time. Yeah, and then you can kind of figure out, you know, go ahead and set what service areas you want. Or if you're a salon, what your ideal customer will look like. You know, who are you tailoring your services to? Um, who do you want to market to? Because you're going to want to put together kind of a full-scale marketing plan too. When Again, who's your target area? What is your primary focus? Are you a niche? Are you specialized? Those are all things that you can figure out ahead of time and then go ahead and promote and build into your marketing plan. And your marketing plan doesn't just have to be you paying someone to do your marketing. Marketing is figuring out what platforms you want to go on. What events are you going to go to? Like you should be, if you're just opening a business, you need to get involved in local events that not only are pet specific, grooming specific, but also where your target market is going to be at. Are they going to be at festivals? Are they going to be at fundraisers? Are they going to be at schools? You know, some of these larger neighborhoods and you may not be servicing someone you know, we know groomers, whether you're salon or mobile, some mobile groomers will drive 45 minutes just to get to their service area because that's the market they want to target. They want that higher end luxury, even if that's not where they're based out of. Yeah. And, and part of your business plan too, you need to figure out how many hours a week are you willing to work to make this work out? Like a lot of people, oh, I don't mind grooming 40 hours a week, but now you're the business owner. So now you're handling your taxes. Now you're doing the cleaning, especially if you're the one person show. Like now you're doing all these things that you really haven't put times next to. Like we have a list at, at our salon that has every item that has to be cleaned and all that. And we actually have times by it now, like so that we know how to schedule that. But when you're first getting started, like if you're going to groom 40 hours a week and then you're going to clean an hour every day. So now you're at 45, then you've got two hours of social media a week you need to do. So now you're at 40. That so, doesn't include, um, you know, scheduling, returning phone calls, returning text, all of that. Cause let me tell you as a business owner, much less as a starting business owner, you want to return every single phone call. You want to answer every phone call that you can. Obviously, if you're busy, if you're drying a dog, grooming, driving, you're not going to be able to. But so many times uh, people miss out on sales because they're not answering the phone and they're not returning phone calls. Yeah. And this is, this is not a pricing episode. This is kind of just an overview. If you you know want to start your episode, but one thing to consider in your business plan is your pricing is you probably don't want to commit to grooming more than six hours a day. Because at least you're going to have an hour or two of customer interaction. I mean, maybe the salon you've worked at, you've always had a receptionist. You never had to deal with that. I mean, you have to go to the bank and get change. You have to make go to the bank and make deposits. And, you know, if you're just opening up, you may be going to the bank daily to put money in your business checking account. Yeah. So make sure that you're knowing when you put this plan together, how many physical hours you're wanting to groom dogs every month, and then what your expenses will be every month and how much you need to take home every month. You're going to need to know those things before you even get started. Because if you don't have enough time and money to actually cover your expenses and to get done in a day, then you're not going to be successful. So set your business up in a way that you can afford to cover everything that you're not killing yourself and working all the hours 
And then you can do that because once you know those things, you can set your prices to be high enough that supports everything you want to do. Yeah. And you can also start, and a lot of people are nervous about making that jump, you know, once they, you know, they're going to, they've spent all this money on a build out or a van and they are concerned about on day one, not having enough customers. You know, it's, it's hard to, when you're doing a build out or even if you've ordered a van and it's supposed to be here this day and it gets pushed back, but at some point you want to go ahead and schedule that grand opening or start accepting appointments and go ahead and start advertising for that so that you already have that client base. Yeah. There's a lot of different things you can do to kind of get that. And like Todd said, part of that is you can go ahead and, um, pre-book customers. So go ahead and start your advertising with a projected opening date and go ahead and, well, we're accepting new customers starting January 1st or, you know, June 13th or whatever day it is. And go ahead, even if it's a month or two out, you know, there's a lot of customers that are looking for groomers no matter what time of year. And, you know, if they're not happy where they're at and they want to try you, they don't mind pre-booking because either they can't get in somewhere else that's full or they're not happy. So being on a waiting list and already having that guaranteed appointment is something a lot of uh, a lot of customers actually will utilize and you won't even realize you know when you open you'll already have all these customers um and then we already talked about local events this is before you even get started start marketing advertising saying expected opening january expected it opening whenever um we've seen a lot of groomers start if you're mobile you can start as house call so you know there's a lot less equipment you don't need that big truck or van or trailer or whatever that's going, but start a house call just to build your clientele up. You, you know, do that on your days off from your current employer too. Just as like Molly said, build that clientele. So you're, you're not jumping ship. You're, you know, jumping in your canoe. <laughs> yeah. You know, you already, and then once you have your mobile unit completed or ready to go, then you already have at least a, a foundational, you know, core group of clients you can get started with. I think one, and we're going to have some episodes dedicated to this uh, coming up, but one huge thing, I don't know if you want to put in your business plan. We've talked about it before boundaries. Like you have to set your boundaries in the beginning. They're so hard to move and you're going to move them over the years, but you know, is it, I'm going to be off every Saturday. I'm not taking customers on Saturday, or I want to be off on the holidays. I'm not working around the holidays. Like those are the things you need to go ahead and put in your business plan for your schedule. Cause if not, you'll find yourself hungry in the beginning. You know, you need to make this money. You got this. And then next thing you know, you're working every weekend, you're working every holiday. And it's so hard to get out of that once you've started that. So keep that in mind too, the boundaries that you want to set. Remember why you, you've you may have always want to be in a business owner. So that's what's driving you. But remember the, the things of where you worked at that push you faster to get out on your own that you didn't like. Think about those things. Yeah. And um, so part of that needs to be setting your dream schedule and setting your dream clients. And like Todd said, setting your boundaries, because if your clients, these brand new clients to your wonderful business get so used to being able to call up and get in the same week or be able to pick their days or their times, and they have no boundaries. When you get to the point where you're ready to set those, you will lose customers. You will get negative reviews. It's very hard. Like if you have all those expectations and you can give them to to the client on day one, they can decide if you're a good fit or not. You can decide if you're a good fit or not. It's not something that's just being changed and pulled out from under them. And like Todd said, that's not that you can't change those things, but go ahead and set those up front and it'll be a lot easier and you will in 
you know, get through a lot better because you'll already have planned days you're working, planned days that you have maintenance days you can schedule, downtime, marketing. Go ahead and plan all that into your schedule before you even open. And then you'll make sure that everything you need to get done is getting done. Yeah. I mean, down to, are you going to have specific drop off and pickup times? Are you going to be, um, you know, by appointment only? I mean, those are just all the things that you want to go ahead and start working on as part of your business plan before you ever find that space and sign that lease or you ever order that van. I mean, basically you want all your systems in place and set up and ready to run before you ever get the keys or you for the van or salon, because you'll get so caught up in this other stuff that some of this stuff will slip by. Yeah. And then, you know, building this plan, you'll actually be able to get a rough estimate of the money you need, not only to actually buy and build and get everything ready, but to sustain yourself for several months. You know, uh, it seems to never fail either. Whatever you plan, it either is faster or slower. So you may project three months to get fully booked. It may take you six or it may take you you know, one. And so make sure you have enough in savings where you can get by if times are a little slower. And your business plan cannot be to be cheaper than everybody around because then that way you'll get fully booked. Like is we see that over and over again, all your, all people are doing that doing that is they're driving the entire market down. And then those people go out of business very quickly because they can't, they can't make ends meet. And, you know, you will have people come to you because you are cheaper than everybody else. But those also are the people who price shop all the time. And as soon as someone else opens up, they'll leave you. Again, that goes back to building that dream client base that you want. Like those are the things that you need to have set up. Yeah. And then one thing a lot of groomers don't think about when going out on their own are having backups of everything. You may have your own equipment, your own set of stuff, but do you have two dryers? Do you have a backup way if your water pump goes out or if your hot water heater breaks or, you know, your tub breaks is, do you have an adapter on a hose that you can run from a sink just to get the dog dry? Like there's a lot of different things like, okay, you dropped your 10 blade and the dog's matted. Do you have a backup 10, a backup 40, you know? Everything you have needs to have a backup because, you know, whereas you've always worked for someone else with someone else, they've, there's always probably been those backups available. But the last thing you want is to be, you know, starting your own business and have all these clients and have to close down or send a dog home mid groom because something went out or broke and you didn't have a backup of it. Uh, your backups don't need to be, you know, we're not saying you need two canine dryers right away and two of the best of the best of everything, but at least have some kind of backup plan or set of equipment and things that you can use in a pinch. Like, you know, even if it's a small handheld dryer, you know, do you have something you can get the dog dry on the worst case scenario? Um, and then kind of the last thing that we would always recommend is to shadow others that are doing what you want to do, whether you want to do house call or you're looking for mobile or you're looking to start your own salon. What type of salon are you wanting um, kennel free? Are you wanting to have daycare? Are you wanting it just one on one drop off times or everyone drop off at one time? Even if you maybe your local groomers see you as competition and don't want to start that networking and, you know, the mentoring, go a couple hours outside, do the research and find someone that's willing to take the time to let you come in for a day or two shadow. And I would say, especially mobile. Um, but this also goes for small salons. Are you a social person? Are you used to working with someone and being in that one-on-one -on -one environment? You know, that's not something your personality is conducive to, you know, maybe you want to open up with somebody, get a partner. So there's a lot of things, but really you need to, we always recommend shadowing and getting with someone, finding a local mentor, 
um, someone that can actually let you see realistically what the day-to-day is going to look like for you in that new space. Yeah. And put it in your budget to get a business coach, even if you only do it, say, two or three times. And you may be thinking, I don't have the money for that. I feel like you don't have it's like one of those when I talk about softwares, people say, well, I can't afford that. It's like you can't afford not to. It'll set you up for so much more success to actually hire somebody that does that for a living, whether it's even in this industry uh, or you you get just a person to help coach you on business that it's in the business space. Like you need that help. The person with the connections that can point you in the direction you need to go to. There's going to be things that maybe you haven't had to deal with. Like maybe you have an irate customer. Maybe the manager usually stepped in or the owner would step in and handle it. Like you, you just, you need that community and just, you can start with a business coach. Yeah, definitely a business coach. Um, someone will recommend. And then a lot of times they can, there's a lot of resources that and things that you need to find out that you don't know of that a business coach can help you with. Like just who do you contact um, to find out what permits you need, what approvals you need, what insurance, do you know how to get rid of your dirty water? I mean, and that goes for, you know, salons or mobile, like there's so many stipulations, how big can you, what kind of signage can you have? We've seen groomers, you know, spend $3,000 on a, a big sign for the top of their building just to find out later codes doesn't allow overhead signage or people will spend, you know, the same amount of money getting their van wrapped and then come to find out there's their HOA don't let them park it there. Yeah, if it's they wrapped. can't even park in their own driveway because they can't have advertisement and then they can't find somewhere you know, to store the van and, you know, it's, so there's a lot to think about that. Um, even down to the littlest detail that could provide the biggest headache and hindrance from your success and things that someone who, who's been there can help you, or just someone that's just, you know, helps businesses get started. So look into those resources. And of course we, you know, we're business owners and we never want to discourage anyone, but as most of you know, I got started because I was so unhappy with where I was at and, there wasn't all this information available at the time. And I had to learn a lot the hard way. And, you know, I could have just as easily been one of that 50% or 75% statistic that failed within my first year or my first five years. Um, And that's why we always push education in every thing that you do. Like if you're going out on your own, you don't just need to know how to be a groomer. You need to learn how to be a business owner. And that's whether you want employees or you want to stay solo, you still need that soft skills. I mean, you need to know how to plan. You need to know how to talk to customers. You know, we're big proponents of the customer is not always right, but that doesn't mean they're always wrong either. And you need to learn conflict resolution. Do you want to have employees one day? You need to learn how to build that team, how to grow that team, how to be an employer that someone wants to work for. So again, just there's so much information out there available now that wasn't. And we just always want to encourage you guys to do the necessary work and get the education and training that you need to be successful. Yeah. And you know, as we started the episode, we talked about if you were looking to start your own business because you're just so ha- unhappy like Molly was. I mean, there there are places out there that you will be happy at. If you don't really have that business owner drive, there's nothing wrong with that. You may have to go to two or three different places before you find a home that you're happy at, but it, it does exist. You don't have to start your own business if it's not just like in your blood. This is what I want to do because it's not easy. It's not easy at all. You're Unless you set very strict boundaries, and even when you do that, things are going to go wrong. 
Yeah. And you just, you know, we want everyone to be successful, whether they're out on their own or it's moving to, you know, another place of employment that actually values you and that you see as a good fit. And one more thing, just real quick, when looking around at where you're at and you are unhappy, have you actually taken the time to talk to your managers, talk to your coworkers and talk to the business owner about what you're unhappy about? You know, unfortunately, we too often hear that, you know, well, it's my business. I don't care. We're going to do it my way. But sometimes they just don't know. Yeah. And this is not a conversation you have as your manager owner or walking across the grooming room and you're bathing a dog. You, This is a scheduled time you need to set up with them. Like, hey, I have some issues. I want to schedule some time that's not in the grooming time to sit behind closed doors and talk to you and actually have time. Maybe go to coffee before work or after work and have these conversations. And you don't have to spill everything out at once. You can kind of just start saying, hey, like, I want to be happy here. I don't want to have to leave here, but these are some things that are making me think that I won't be here forever. Um, I do want to kind of drop one more thing. I know we're kind of getting off track, but insurance is so important when starting a new business. Do Make sure that you're meeting with somebody who can do a very customization policy for you because like, for example, we thought we were on top of all of our insurance. Like, and for the most part, I think we are. Uh, we've sat down with many brokers. We've went to classes and, but we have loss of use on our uh, mobile dog grooming vans. And so loss of use, you would think, oh, it's loss of use. Well, our loss of use policy is written that it's only, we only get covered if it's involved in an accident. So, you know, you're driving down the road and, and it overheats and the motor blows up that we couldn't use that van for a month, but and so we thought, oh, well, we have loss of use insurance. We'll turn it in. Our loss of use insurance did not cover any of that, even the downtime, because it wasn't an accident. Now, another one of our vans got involved in an accident and was down for two days. And we could have claimed that loss of use accident because it was involved in an accident where there was a police report and so on. So, again, like if you're just starting out and you're buying a brand new van and you've got a $2,000 a month payment and you get an accident six days later after getting it, like those are the things you want to make sure you're covered under. And again, that just needs to be part of your business plan. Don't just meet with your families. They've always used Tammy Sue, the insurance broker. And that's where you go to go to her, talk to her about what you need, but visit two or three people. And that's why we talk about get, getting the coach. They can point you in some directions, ask the other local people in your community, what insurance people are you using? Go with them, meet with them, make sure they're writing your policy that fits you. They're not just sticking you in a, a box policy because this industry is not a box industry. There's so many variables. Yeah. And at a minimum, whether it's your personal vehicle or a grooming vehicle, if you have a great, a vehicle on, um, insured, it has to be insured under your business on a commercial policy that, that goes for this. If you're picking up a van from two States away or 20 minutes away and driving it home before you get behind the wheel, it needs to be insured under a commercial policy because if something happens and you're not insured under a business or commercial policy, that will void that out. It doesn't matter if someone hits you, you hit them, whatever. So again, all that just goes kind of into being educated, having the right resources and coming up with a plan to be successful. And we really do wish you guys all the best of luck. Um, going into this new year. And if you're not happy or if you're thinking about going out on your own, you know, uh, we're here, we do do business coaching, um, but we also just have a wealth of resources and places we can send you to or suggest you check out in the meantime to get you on that right path. Yep. So thank you and have a great day. All right. Thanks.